Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's on Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about um, the recent price rise to Disney Plus. We'll also be talking about some more Premier Access titles coming this summer. And we'll be sharing our thoughts on the Mighty Ducks and the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before we jump into any of that, just some housekeeping up front. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We just hit 56,000 subscribers um, this week. You can also subscribe on the audio platforms like Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, etc., to keep up with the latest podcasts. And as well, you can find us over on Twitter and Facebook. And obviously, you can join our Facebook group as well. We also have a Patreon and a YouTube channel membership program um, where you can help support the channel, where it helps keep um, everything going, help support what we're doing. And also, I um, just want to do a big shout out to um, our gold, diamond, and platinum members. So, first off, on the YouTube side, a big hello to David, um, Bina, Bad Dog Gamer, Joshua. Amit, Ben, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. Well, over on the Patreons, just a big thank you to um, Andrew, Jacob, uh, Khaled, uh, Red Mars Man, Andrew, Chris, Cody, Darren, The Juice, Lester, Lauren, James, and What's on Netflix. And a huge big thank you to Sarah for being a platinum member and all of your support really does make a huge, huge amount of difference in um, keeping everything going and uh, we do have a weekly live chat as well which will be going up tomorrow where all youtube channel members can also join in and ask questions and so can patrons um but yeah so that's all of the housekeeping out the way well uh, yeah. worth pointing out i think next week there is not a patron chat yeah correct yeah there, w- there will not be one next week um because it's easter sunday and i decided i think that's probably a good day just to have have a, have a full day off so yeah there won't be a live stream next um Sunday, but there will be a podcast on Saturday, and um, yeah, and I'll kind of get back to normal times because our clocks change tonight, so um, we're losing yeah. an hour of sleep. Right, let's talk. Let's do the bad news first, shall we? So let's start off with the Disney Plus price rise came into effect in the United States yesterday. Now it's only gone up a dollar. Now there's a lot of people that get really angry, and there's a lot of other people that go, "It's a dollar." Um, and there's a real kind of strange one with these price rises. Um, so this has gone on in, in the US first. Um, it's happened. They did announce this back in December. So it's not like it's a huge surprise. You know, they, they, they did forewarn everybody. And it's been that price for 18 months. Um, I think we most of us could tell Disney had priced Disney Plus relatively cheap in order to get you hooked. And the reason they said that this price has gone up is because they are investing so much more in Disney Plus original programming, and therefore the price warrants them having to put things up. I think it would have been happening anyway. Um, now, you can only look at what we've got coming up in the next few months to realize that the Disney Plus originals lineup has drastically changed since this time last year. I mean, last year we had uh, The Mandalorian, the right stuff and the secrets. Oh, so the um, uh, the female president series. I'm completely just lost. Diary of Diary of Future, future, future president. president. Yeah, I think it's Secrets of the Sofa President or something. Like that. Oh, yeah, no, no. Not it. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, high high school musical, the musical, the musical. So. Yeah, well, I think we had like one one or two episodes at the beginning. So yeah. generally, we only really had three drama series. Well, we've had three drama series already this year so that's the that's the big difference there's gonna be a lot more there's multiple episodes dropping in um throughout and it's that's why there's gonna be so much more coming and that's i'm gonna be honest there's a kind of side thing for me of you know having run a real business in the real world for like 20 plus years 
every year I would put my prices up. And it happens every year because, you know, rent goes up, wages go up, pensions go up, inflation goes up. It's just a standard thing that every business puts their price up. Just some of them are better at hiding it than others. You know, that's why, you know, we have things like shrinkflation where they make put, don't put the price up, but they make everything smaller. That could have been the option. Um, so as a business person, I tend to look at this and go, well, everything goes up in price, whether you like it, you know, and that's my kind of general gist of it's going, well, prices go up. That's standard. And Netflix and, you know, everyone puts their prices up. And I think if Disney can do it every 18 months, two years, they'd probably be all right. I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be going to annual. I know over here, Sky, um, you notoriously, every, every April, the price goes up. It's just kind of been the standard um, thing that happens. Um, also, just to state, um, internationally, the price of Disney Plus went up in February. And it went up about two dollars a month, around twenty pound a year, because we got the addition of Star. So they valued that. Not only were we getting the one dollar price rise that everybody else was getting, because you've got to include that, because that would have happened anyway. Then we've basically ended up paying a pound extra a month for Star, which I think is worth it. Um, the only problem was, yes, this week was the annual um, was the first anniversary of Disney Plus launching in the UK and Europe. And so the annual subscriptions went through and anyone that didn't have their auto renew set up with the, with the correct information or had like the right date or whatever, or it expired or something like that. They then got bounced back saying it had been canceled, you know, hadn't gone through and therefore would be canceled. So when you log back in, it then charged a new price. And the problem was, was we'd all, all existing members had been given like six months grace of paying the O price. Now Disney have been aware of it. There were massive problems with the call centers, the help desk. I mean, there's people that contacting me saying, why isn't it working? Like, I don't know. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't until I suddenly go, why am I getting so many messages today? <laughs> it was just like, um, and so, yeah, we were, uh, apparently they are going to be sorting it all out i mean i know a lot of people have been complaining you know they you know they want a refund or they don't want to pay the price or they should be on a... disney will sort it out they will there's no doubt about that they will get this sorted they've already said they'll honor it um you'll find out through email in the coming weeks um i've heard some people that are getting like a refund and a little bit more some people are getting a little bit extra for the inconvenience so st- disney will make things right i've got no doubt about it you know they they generally do this thing but the reminder that went out about the price renewal or the renewal I think it got lost in a lot of people didn't say they got it or they got it too long ago, but they didn't realize. I think people maybe needed a, a reminder like this week. So if you are a Disney plus subscriber in like Europe, um, also in Australia and Canada, just make sure if you, if it's being renewed in the next few months, just check that your details are all up to date because you don't want it happening. I'm um, hopefully they won't sort out. Ironically, if they had just put the price up on the 23rd and was like, well, everyone has to pay the new price. No one would have noticed. It would have just been how it would have happened. <laughs> so, well, I- ironically, giving everyone that six months grace actually caused them more problems in the long run. Probably, but then also, um, they they probably would have ended up in a situation where, oh, they didn't announce it. Somebody on Reddit or Twitter notices, oh, hey, I got charged an extra dollar, and then it becomes yeah. a huge, yeah. like, oh, Disney pitchforks and yeah. and like, yeah, you know, it. You can't with that many subscribers, somebody would have noticed and raised the stink yeah. but at the same time yeah the you know, most people would not have uh and in regards to like the email getting lost i can totally yeah. understand that because just from disney plus alone i don't know i probably get like three or four emails a week and i barely look at any of them uh i could i could see yeah. how a 
oh, your your renewal is is coming up. Would I would just very click, yeah. click delete. I know when I get the emails through them, you literally look at them and go, it's like, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldiers arrived. Well, yeah, I kind of knew that. <laughs> like, or here's what's coming in April, but only like a, a, maybe like one fifth of actually what's yeah. been announced is on it. It's a bit, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's this way for you, but they'll be like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is here on the Tuesday after I watched it yeah. the previous Friday. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. I, oh, yeah. Check my history. I've already watched it like five times. Yeah, it does, does seem a bit... Um, I do think they could have done a lot better in getting at another, um, a much more clearer defined message alike, basically in the headline, you know, in the title saying, please check your payment system, you know, something like that. But I, I do think, you know, there's like two mef- two problems here. Obviously, the price has gone up, which I know some people don't like, but there's also a lot of people just going to it's a dollar um, a month. And then there's the whole... And I, I understand. I mean, there's a kind of thing of, if I went to pay... F- like yesterday, fifty fifty nine ninety nine, and then today it it, re- it rejected it, and then it said it was seventy nine ninety nine. Twenty pound is a lot of money. Um, had and so hopefully this will get sorted out. But like I said, um, this will all get sorted out with Disney. Um, and I, I kind of some like I said, that kind of thing of they trying to be honourable up front kind of ended up costing them more hassle because I don't think this. It sounds very much like the the automated system wasn't in place to kind of catch that. Um, it gets yeah. basically because once once you once it's been declined, you were no longer a member, so you automatically then like registered as a new member. It's yeah, it's just a pain. And hopefully they learn from the mistake so that the next cycle of renewals, whatever they end up being, go much yeah. smoother. What I would suggest is if you haven't done, I wouldn't bother trying to get hold of customer support for the next few days, maybe even another week. You know, if you can, just maybe I would say give it a little bit of time because they've probably got so many people coming in. Um, so just be aware of it. And as a former um, IT help desk person for like five years, I understand. <laughs> like, just, just you know. Um, and I'll also say as well, if you're nasty to them on live chat, don't expect much. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's a, as with everything, you know, if you treat treat them like they might do something for you, but if you start going straight into swearing at them and aggressive, don't expect them. You know, you yeah. Nevertheless, I, as a as another former uh, tech support frontliner. Uh, yeah, the when when the the phone call starts with swear words and yelling, my willingness to go the extra mile for you just disappears. <laughs> it it is actually amazing how just being polite and being understanding to the tech support person they they might be willing to do things that they wouldn't do for other customers to get get to make it, you right again. It's not so much even that. I think it's just the fact that if you start off on a bad foot with them, they can just they can make the whole process so much more slower and mm. un, you know unnecessary but yeah so that's the price rise um this week disney did release a, the first trailer for big shot which is coming to disney plus on april the 16th which stars john stamos as a basketball um, coach and he ends up um, doing something which ends up he has to then teach a basketball school at college um for, um, for girls I think, was, I think it was high school actually well i'm gonna be honest as watching American TV, it's very difficult to see mm. at what point all these 40 year olds running around pretending to be in high school, you know, with their chiseled jaws and stuff, you know, how are they supposed to be? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember any of the girls having chiseled jaws, well, but yeah, yeah I, I know, I know. What you yeah. Mean. Yeah. You're like, you're like we'll, we'll put on like these vampire ones and we're going, that guy looks about 35. He's not, he's 18. <laughs> well, but he's actually a 275 year old yeah. sparkle vampire. So yeah, it's just, so this trailer come out. Um, so this will be, I think it's a 10 part series running pretty much then right through till mid June. Um, I saw it. I'm going to, it was a little bit more 
it's a bit more adult, a little bit more aimed at adults than I was expecting. I was expecting something a bit more in the lines of like the Mighty Ducks, but I think the tone's gone up in terms of it's very much I would say aimed at teenagers and above. It it look it didn't feel it didn't feel childish to me, and which was which was kind of with Mighty Ducks. What and obviously the, the kids involved are much different ages, but um, a little bit more drama. Kind of what I've been seeing, really, like with like Love Victor and stuff, really a different level. And I mean, yeah, just it, it, I saw it, went, oh, okay, that doesn't look too bad. I was pleasantly surprised because I think I'd already like written off a bit of like, oh, it's a sports thing, mm-hmm. okay, um, you know, too many cliches. But I watched it, went, oh, okay, that doesn't look too bad. What about you? So when I going into the trailer, I was expecting something along the lines of like a league of their own, where you've got um, the girls being if not the best, at least enjoying what they're doing yeah. and, and having fun. And then you've got this guy who's punished to deal with, mm. with girls of all the terrible possible things that he could be happening. And then they learn to like each other over the yeah. first series. But then about halfway through the trailer, I'm like, actually, he seems to be okay with this. Like he's, he's a little angry about, yeah. you know, getting, getting cast out of whatever, but he, he doesn't seem to, to mind. And it was actually the girls. I was kind of like, you're all kind of being brats. Uh, yeah. why, don't, why don't you ease up a little bit? So it, it was not the dynamic I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, uh, think made that me work more, more interested. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that would work now. I think that would well, be, yeah. I mean, a league of their own, it was also played strictly for laughs. It was not yeah. a, a serious take on it. And, and it was, you're not, you're not supposed to go, Oh yeah. Tom Hanks is totally right. These girls should not be playing baseball at all. No, you, you, they're yeah. supposed to come together and realize, oh yeah, yeah, they can play baseball just fine. Uh, and bas- this one's going the opposite direction. Not, not that they should not be playing basketball, yeah. but that they need to to be a little more open to working with this guy. Yeah. So it look, looks fun. I'm definitely much more interested in it than I thought I was going to be. Um, again, I mean, April coming up, we've got Mighty Ducks and Big Shot. I have said in the past, I kind of wish they'd spread those two ones out so they weren't arriving on. Um, for most of the, I mean, right through May and June, you know, they're all going to be arriving around the same same time. So I would have liked a little bit of a break, but it seems a very different tone, very different tone to it. Um, and again, as I generally consider I'm not much into my sports, um, I think, like, okay, I see where they're going with this and it could be fun. Um, so uh, let us know in the comments what you thought of the Big Shot trailer. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now let's move into the big news. So this past week, Disney um, announced a new reshuffling of their... Uh, release schedule for the upcoming years ahead um so first off they have delayed black widow that will now be coming out on july the 9th so they've pushed it back into um shang chi's slot that one's then pushed back into september early september it hasn't been there a, 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 like a ricochet going right the way through all of them and maternals is still set to come out when it was supposed to they just kind of pushed shang chi back and Kind of like I can see where they're going with this one. I've, um, there's a lot of discussion of like whether or not they should move it. It is also now officially confirmed to be coming to Disney Plus Premier Access. So now that date is set. There is no more moving, no more delays. They've set it. The, you know, they've moved it for the what the fourth time. You know, they've got Disney Plus Premier Access now, so we know it's coming. I don't think they could have gone much later because of how much it might impact Hawkeye. Um, I think this was a smart idea. Personally, for here in the UK, cinemas wouldn't have been open for when uh, Black Widow opened. And right across Europe, that's pretty much out. There's also a massive problem still in Latin America. So there are massive continents that are still in early May kind of restricted. 
So I think that helped like them decide that they were going to have to push, do something. Obviously in America as well, um, you know, the vaccine program and stuff is mean things are lightening up. I know like New York and Los Angeles have opened up some of their cinemas, but they are still all at reduced capacity. So therefore, you know, essentially in order to do a sellout uh, cinema, they would have to do four sellout cinemas to make the same amount of money they would do in the one if it's only running at like 25% capacity. So um, I see why they've moved it. Um, there is obviously the box office isn't great right now. The numbers aren't coming in thing, but Disney has committed to it. Um, so that was the first one. But what did you think on the Black Widow move? Um, I'm glad that we have a firm date. And it for me, at least, it's far enough back now that I feel confident that I'll have the vaccine by then, both, both doses plus the three-week layover period after the second one. Uh, and I'll feel confident enough to, to be like, yeah, I'll go see it in the theater this time. Well, I was in that kind of zone of, obviously the cinemas weren't going to be open, so that was a problem for me. But I've had the first one, and I'm, by May, I would have had the second one. So therefore, that does change maybe how I would look at it. But I'm going to be honest, I, if I have the choice between the two, I will go for Premier Access because I can watch it multiple times. Because um, I like, you know, if I watch it twice, that gets my money's worth. My dad's going to watch it on my account. So therefore, there's an instantly, like, you know, there's not necessarily a saving, but I know that that's a movie that they can enjoy. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm probably would be leaning more in for that one because, um, and I might even, you know, it might be something like I can say to my wife, do you want to watch it? She wouldn't go cinema to see it. There's no chance, but she might be more inclined to watch um, it at home. Um, but yeah, so that one there's um, shifted. I think it's good that they've done it and we know now and no more messing about, you know, and I think they've got to be a little bit more better at this. They've got to be a bit more um, open about that one. Also, Cruella is sticking to its May 28th date. But that will be also be available on Disney Plus Premier Access. Um, so they've they've definitely. I mean, I kind of had a feeling that was happening because the, the when they released this trailer a couple of weeks ago, there was no mention of um, cinemas only, which was always a bad sign. And also the fact that no Marvel Black Widow stuff was starting to shift. So that was a bit of a, um, a giveaway that Black Widow was going to move. But I'm glad with Cruella that they've they've they have to do this. They've they've either got to release the movie or not. And I don't think. We're in a position right now where they can just go cinema only. I don't think it's, I think offering the option is the best way to keep everybody happy. If you don't like the pay $29.99, go to cinema. That's your choice. Yeah, I, I think moving forward, we'll continue to see this model. And I'm fine with that. Uh, I think for a lot of families, the $30 option will be the better option. But sometimes you also just want to be, let's get out of the house. Let's, yeah. let's go and do something and, and have the kids zonked out for an hour and a half or whatever watching the movie. Yeah. And, I mean, we're gonna, I'm gonna, there's a whole other conversation we're going to have after this about cinemas and stuff in general. Um, but also uh, Luca, the Pixar movie, is now coming exclusively to Disney Plus in the middle of June. That is now no longer going to cinemas. I kind of, again, had a feeling that might happen because of the trailer that they released. Kind of makes sense as doing the sole route. I think it will find a home. The merchandise sales, I don't think, will get affected as much with it going to Disney Plus as it is. Um, I maybe the budget they I don't know I've, maybe because it's not a franchise they don't really want to risk it um so that one is the big one that's moved um it's the only one really that from this year so far I mean whether or not we see any more of this happening but it's nice to have a nice big new Pixar movie heading our way to Disney Plus for it. what did you think of that one yeah uh obviously I'm happy I think they probably they could have maybe gone with Premier Access if they'd gone with a lower price point for it I don't think many people would drop thirty for it or uh, but 
I, they probably want to keep the, the premier access at a static price for the moment. Uh, that said, I think we will see a couple other movies move over strictly yeah. to the Disney uh, plus model, but we're, we're going to be talking the smaller movies, things more along the lines of like uh, the one and only Ivan or, or um, yeah. Artemis right. Fowl or something stuff that wasn't really going to make the box office uh, bank anyway. Right, so now let's go through. Um, I'm going to go through the 2021 movies that they got set up. So we've got um, Cruella Black Widow. They've got Searchlight, um, the Night House coming out on the 16th of July. That will probably stay as it is. They might do dual release with Hulu, but the, the Searchlight movies, are, they don't need to make as much money to make it to make it profitable. Um, also internationally, I mean, we're getting Nomad Lad the end of um, April because obviously cinemas aren't opening. So internationally, the night house, probably more likely just to carry on with the traditional way because they're, they're just cheaper. Uh, the Jungle Cruise will be arriving on the 30th of July. I think that will go premier access. I, I'm pretty sure that that's going to, because it's only like three weeks after Black Widow. What about you? Yeah, that'll almost certainly be a premier access. If for whatever reason it does not go premier access, I would consider it as a uh, a signal that they will be dropping premier access as an option and everything will go strictly to theater. But I don't see that happening. My, my theory with the premier access is I think it's going to exist probably right through to like Thanksgiving, at least they're doing it. week almost like a movie by movie basis, but there's a lot of worriedness about the autumn, the fall, what's going to happen. Um, is there going to be any variants? They're still going to, and also just the idea of if they, if they make enough money with them, they might start, because um, Disney hasn't done um, a deal with anybody yet, but we'll talk about that in a bit later. Then the Beatles to get back, sorry, get back is coming back on the 27th of August. Um, how that, I mean, there might be a contract where that has to go to cinemas because it's the Beatles. Um, that just seemed, seemed to me like a perfect shift to Disney Plus, but they might be willing to, because it's a, again, it's a documentary. It's, it can't, I mean, it's probably just costs a lot to get the Beatles stuff, but it's not like it's a massively expensive movie to make. No, but it, it would also be popular because it's still, yeah. it's, it's the Beatles. And like you said, there might be contract issues where um, it, it's due to go on another platform or there's a must go to theaters first clause, something. Like I also that. think as well, I do feel that that might be a movie that might appeal to a much older audience and they're much more likely to be vaccinated. Um, I, I, don't know who that. I mean, the. I mean, obviously they're big, but I don't know if it's the standard more audience that most of these Disney movies are going to. I don't. It's a very different audience for that one. Yeah, that's that's also true. I'm sure some people will drag their kids along, but yeah. for the most part, the Beatles will be either for for hardcore music uh, music enthusiasts or people who maybe grew up in, when the Beatles yeah. were still around or, or right after. Yeah, so that, that's that one there. Moving on from there, we've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings coming on the 3rd of September. I have to keep looking because the, the numbers are back to front. Um, and then I still I think that will go Premier Access because September is generally not a great time for box office. Um, Searchlight is the Eyes of Tammy Faye will be coming out on the 24th of September, limited. I think, again, the Searchlight ones are easy to do. The Last Jewel lands on the 15th of October. Ron's Gone Wrong which is an animated movie will be hitting on the 22nd of um, uh, October. If things get worse, that could I could see that one shifting. They've already moved it back once. Um, it's an animated movie. They could, in theory, shift it, but you know, it depends on the 20th century deal with um, 
what they're doing there. I forgot the free guy is coming on the 13th of August. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Ryan Reynolds and video games. Can't go wrong with that one. He, um, he's carved out a nice little niche for himself as the, the funny action hero. Yeah, well, to, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've I've liked him ever since um, Two Guys and, and a Pizza Place or something. So I've I'm a long time fan. Antlers got pushed back to the 29th of of October. That's a, like a Halloween movie, so that'd be perfect timing for cinemas. Eternal is dropping on the 5th of November. Enchanto dropping on the 24th for um, Thanksgiving. Nightmare Alley, Searchlight Movie on the 3rd of December. West Side Story on the 10th of December. And The King's Man is dropping on the 22nd of uh, December. So that is pretty much the lineup. There's lots of movies coming in there. Got to remember internationally, although Searchlight and 20th Century ones can all, all head over to Disney Plus after three months. You know, I think that's what's going to start happening. Um, so that it's quite a lineup when you look at that in there and like for me as obviously in the UK like they're all Disney Plus movies and it, it does make it well, obviously in the US is a bit more carved out the only good thing is at least with Disney is they have managed to circumnavigate an entire year of the HBO contracts <laughs> kind of um, by not releasing any movies it kind of gets them out of that problem a bit I'm, I'm sure that is the core reason that COVID happened. It was so Disney could have a year yeah. uh, without HBO Max. I, I know there are some people who unironically think that COVID was manufactured by some giant corporation or whatever. But Well, it was either yeah. aliens, androids, or wizards. That's one of the, one of the ones that's going to be. <gasps> one of the, bi- <laughs> the big three. <laughs> one of the big three. Um, and then they've, they've also got announced all of 2022 and onwards there's just loads of untitled ones i'm not going to go through and read all them because we'll be there all week um because they're going right for the 2028 <laughs> there's a lot there um so this past week in the uk and in the us um was it C- cinemark has done a big deal with uh, warner brothers to the so that they all get like a 40 to 5 day exclusivity window in the united states before they head off to other digital platforms so this whole thing with hbo max of everyone using the hbo max model against disney for premier access it's only temporary folks it's not it's not a long-term thing this isn't happening long term um from next year that will be going back to their own system this kind of ties in to what's happening as a whole with all the studios kind of coming up with new contracts with cinemas. And those windows have gone from three months, you get them for six weeks. Um, some of them are even less than that. Um, they've drastically, but Disney have not gone into any negotiations. They still seem like they're very much like, nope, we're just holding out a little bit longer. You, you uh, Oh, there's a lot. There's a, there was a bit of a backlash from obviously the cinema chains with Black Widow because they lost essentially the early May movie. But I think there was maybe that hope they're going. Well, at least they are still releasing it in cinemas. They're giving us the option. But Disney are like, well, if you don't like it, don't they? I, Disney are in that situation. They're so big in the box office that they can be a bit bully boy with studio with cinemas. Some people defend cinemas. Some people defend the studios. Um, for me personally, there's somewhere in between. You know, you you don't want you know, Disney have got competition, so the other cinemas have to do stuff. But at the same time, cinemas sometimes were coming across a little bit like they wanted everything just to go back to ten years ago, and I don't think that was that was ever going to be possible. Yeah, no, I'm. Despite what people think, I'm not just going to blindly uh, take Disney's side on this. I think there does need to be a middle ground between the two. Both Disney and the chains need to accept that there is an, a different normal. Uh, coming out of this and 
things will be different and consumers will have different expectations. It's not even, you know, Disney wants one thing and the cinemas want another thing. It's that consumers want one thing and both sides need to meet somewhere that consumers are going to be happy with. Personally, for me, I would be more than happy if Disney just turned around from here on out and was like, every movie comes on Premier Access on day one. Just be like, that's the new system. That's what we're going to do. They're at cinemas and they're at home at a premier rate. Or you turn around and go, right, if they then turn around and say, okay, well, all, all movies then arrive on like Disney Plus three months after release of cinemas, I'll accept, you know, I'm quite happy either way, but I want to, in some ways, it's really difficult because we've got like no measuring stick. We can't, we used, before COVID, we kind of had an idea of, well, there was a six to nine month window between everything arriving on Disney Plus. That's all been shot to bits. So there's no, there's no way I can say to you right now, normally, of when words, let's say Jungle Cruise arrive on Disney Plus because at the moment we've got no measuring because everything's just gone all out the window. You know, there is no more. I mean, I'd like them to go to three months. I think we're going to start seeing that because Disney Plus is being viewed now as home video rather than like a competitor to Blu-rays and stuff have all gone. And I think they know that people are, it's where it's all shifted to. And so now they're almost releasing them on Blu-ray after they've gone to Disney Plus because they realize now that's a niche market rather than the main market. Um, so I think there has been a shift with that. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it's mostly driven by the consumers uh, and what consumers want and what consumers expect. And I mean, COVID has been an accelerant in changing what we expect. Yeah. I mean, everything is just speeded up. Um, so I think, we are, I think we're still in for a long summer of delays and i i think we're getting to the point where they can't keep delaying much more because they're stacking up because you know remember they're still filming they're filming all the movie, movie movies the tank probably is going to take a little bit longer to make but they just wrapped spider-man um free yes uh, yesterday tom holland put up a picture of him with his six-pack and um, that he's finished his filming so this is where things are happening things are still moving along and the the stockpile of movie they can't keep pushing things back i mean Black Widow, I think, was a situation where they knew they were going to have to push it at some point. Um, they've tried their best. Um, it might pull, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how many people it pulls in, but then they might also be going, oh, Premier Access did all right. You know, um, apparently, Ryan and the Last Dragon didn't pull in as many people as um, Mulan did. But I, there was this whole thing as well, the same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. People oh, the stats aren't, there's not as many people downloading the app. As the, it's like, well, that's not a fair comparison because there's more subscribers than there were six months ago. How many of those subscribers that got it for Mulan stayed so they wouldn't get counted for downloading it again? I was a bit like, I don't know if we can count that really as a stat, to, as well, a measuring stick. The problem is that we don't have other stats. Yeah. You know, Disney's got the stats. Um, HBO's got the stats. All of them have them. But we have nothing. We So we have to use whatever we can find to be like, oh app downloads or um number of tweets about the yeah. whatever came out it's like this is ridiculous i mean that that's they're not even remotely useful numbers but they're what we have well disney did state this earlier this week that the falcon and the winter soldier was the most watched premiere on disney plus which is like mm-hmm, i would hope it would be because it's the fir- you know every every month you should have more subscribers than you had before so therefore their potential is. I do think like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is much more traditional MCU, but also I don't. It's all I can already feel like there's a little bit of a difference in how people are talking about it compared to Wonder Vision, but in all some ways it's a little bit easier for people to watch. 
Um, you know, even my mum and dad said that they watched the first watched the first episode, which was that was like, oh, okay, they that you know they watched it, you know, and then I kind of gave had to give them a list of movies to watch to kind of make it a bit more mm-hmm. sense. Um, but then, then that was you know that thing like that. So it does you know I'm not surprised by that, but yeah, we don't really have any stats. I don't think they will do. Um, all I can say is if Riot did that badly, they wouldn't be doing it with Black Widow. Yeah, and. I would assume they had the expectation that Raya would not do as well as Mulan. Mulan is an established name. People were really looking forward to that movie. A lot of people didn't know what Raya was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a new IP, uh, and it's much more of a risk to go, all right, if I buy this, will we watch it enough times to make it worth the $30? Uh, maybe less so if you've got a bunch of kids running around. But for for a lot of us it's like it's it's an unknown quantity sure the trailers look good but it's a, it's a lot of money up front yeah and i i know this raya is going to have a massive upsurgence in popularity this summer once it hits on june i think we're going to see a lot more people excited about raya as a, a lot more people watch it and it goes to that next level and i think it will do like a bit like moana where it will start picking up pace could be landed as well mulan picked up a lot of people were watching it when it dropped onto the main disney plus um so hopefully that that'll be how it is but yeah so that's all that um anything else you want to add to cinemas or stuff at the minute um i i think that for me black widow will be the test for for me personally yeah. if if i even want to go back to, to cinemas because i might go and watch black widow at the cinema and be like oh yeah i hate this experience um but we'll find out I mean, as well as I mean, if you've got to go with your mask on, I mean that that could be a massive impact, um, you know, of whether or not that that could have a big impact. Um, I'm still going to be. I think I think a lot of us are going to be jittery about sitting in a in a, a massive room full of people. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not even really jittery about like the 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 virus part of that. Just like I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to go back into crowds of people. Uh, which is funny because I'm, I'm still planning like a trip to Tokyo now in 2022. It's like, oh yeah, it's one of the most crowded yeah. cities on the planet, but mm-hmm. we'll see how that, that goes. Yeah, you, you should be fine. I think it's, I mean, it's like, you know, yesterday I was in the supermarket and I'm like, there's a lot of people in this aisle. <laughs> like we've all got it, masks on, but it's still just like psychology. You know, we've spent a year trying to stay away from people and it's like, well, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah, um, that happened to me. I don't remember what the store was. I went in to a store and it's looking around like, you know what? I, I don't need to be here right now. There's way too many people right now. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it probably wouldn't even have been considered crowded two no. years ago. It would have been eh, busy, but not crowded. And, then, yeah. and I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm, fe- I'm not feeling this. I'm out. No, that's just, this is it. This is consumer confidence. And this is what they're worried about. And while all of like experts are saying, Oh, there's going to be this big bumper as everyone goes out and all the rest of it. It's like, eh, not everyone's fed up of staying at home. Yeah, but a few, it, that's not going to last indefinitely. They will get to a point where people will just start sliding back in to their habits again. Um, you know, the novelty of going out will soon, you know, not necessarily wear off, but that will kind of come back in to how we normally we would think about it before, where you go, ah, oh, can you be over there? You know, yeah, to begin with, there's be a whole excitement about trying to get out and do stuff, but there is going to be consumer confidence that they're going to have to get in. Right, let's now move over to some reviews. Let's first talk about the Mighty Ducks. So the first episode dropped on uh, Friday. Now I'm going to say I have watched the first three episodes, so I will try to. I can say say spoiler free. 
it's a little bit trickier going, I don't really know if there was actually anything I could, you know, you probably could tell where it's all going anyway, but I will try to, try to remember that you, I'm a few more episodes ahead of everyone. But I watched those three episodes. I enjoyed the series a lot more than I was expecting. A little bit more kiddie than I was expecting as well. It was, um, my wife said to me, because oh, I, I, she watched the first episode with me, I said, do you want to carry on? And she's like, nah, it's too kiddie. So that I carry and then So that's... Um, I do make a watch all of the Disney Plus originals and then <laughs> see what her reaction is. Uh, so sometimes it's nice having somebody else to kind of go, yeah, it's like, yeah. Some of them I just go, I know she's not going to watch, so we don't watch. But I did think Mighty Ducks might have a chance that she might like it. Well, I think it's good to have the perspective of somebody who's not like yeah. fully yeah. immersed in Disney, which is, yeah, I mean, she she gets it because you're in it. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, not having the person who's like, yeah, I'll watch it just because it's on Disney Plus now. Uh, yeah. I, I think the only thing about it that struck me was that it, it's moving a little faster than I expected it to. I, I thought it would take them a couple of episodes to get the team formed up, but it was, they were, I'm sure that they're going to add more, more um, yeah, members, well, but you, I'll be honest, you kind of say that, but it actually doesn't really move along much more after that. Oh, well, um, okay. It kind of, it, I would say it plateaus a bit as they're just getting the group together um, and sorting them out because I mean, there's this whole kind of thing of coming up of obviously it, it's a bit cliche and stuff. I mean, I did, I did find the mum to be really annoying. I'm a little bit like a pushy parent, but a pushy parent to be not to be pushy, but then becoming really pushy about not being pushy. It was a bit it like, was, um, this, so you're going to do the, all this extra stuff because your kid can't have what it wants, but you want to give everything that you can because you're telling them that they can't. It was a little bit like, uh, I'm not really sure like, quite how it works. There, I mean, Emilio Estevez's character even pointed that out, but it was kind of like um, she's getting on these other parents for being too, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, you've got trainers at a ten-year-old game. It's like, yeah, people actually do that. But on the other hand, you're like, well, but now you're pushing your view of what hockey should be on yeah. them, and and everyone's allowed to have their own view. I, I mean, obviously the you know bringing two personal trainers to for an eleven-year-old might be a bit on the extreme end. But so is the, well, it's supposed to be fun and, and, and casual. And it's like, you got to have middle ground because most people I think would also agree, you know, winning is fun. It's not. Well, yeah. Well, this is kind of something that comes up in a later episode of as well. I mean, there's not really a sport. You know, the first match, they get destroyed. You know, you, you, you know, that's going to happen and they have to do that. You know, they can't do that. And the kids turn around and say, losing isn't fun. This mm-hmm. wasn't fun. You know, they got their butts whooped. And they, but they obviously, they all get themselves back up and get back in and train and get a little bit better, which is, you know, where you'd expect it to go over. I, it was that kind of thing of going, because the second episode and third episode are a little bit shorter, about, about 10 minutes. So a little, um, I thought the pacing is quite good. I'm actually glad that they slow, they, you know, they're taking their time, stretching it out a little bit, you know, showing them become, doing the origin, you know, Quite often with these kind of movies, they do the origin very quickly, the montage of them getting better. Um, now, I'm going to be honest. I will be very, very disappointed if they get to the end of this season and they beat the Mighty Ducks in the final. Because I, I, don't, I don't want them to do that because it doesn't, it's, it's like that's not a good message to send. I actually agree with that. I was thinking that in the first episode, uh, even halfway through, I was like, man, if they beat the Ducks at the end of the season that that that's like you're throwing away all the hard work that the ducks did yeah they're they're 
they're jerks, especially the coach, but they are working legitimately hard. And if all it takes to win is see, we're playing for fun and we're, ha- and, and we yeah. can win the local champ. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm kind of in this thing. If I, I mean, I am, you know, I'm not a sports person. And when I played sports at school, I want to have fun. I didn't, I'm not very competitive in this kind of thing. I mean, I play, you know, tabletop games if I don't win, but as long as I have fun taking part in, and that's like, yeah, you don't want necessarily a um, token measure. I mean, I go into, I've gone into these, you know, gaming tournaments and my goal is not to come last. That was my goal. And if I can, you know, get somewhere in the middle, I'm very happy. (laughs) Um, Or even just get us point. You know, that was always a nice, a nice thing. So I do come into it from that point of view of I don't have that super competitive mode in it. But at the same time, you know, if you're going to be doing it in a competition, there has to be a little bit of it. You know, they were in this line of, um, there is a whole thing in there in this ep- in one of the episodes about, you know, she gives them all trophies, you know, and that kind of thing of, you know, you know, and the son doesn't like that because it's like, no, this is, that's not, that's not, it's not good. That's not good either. So they have to find the line. Um, I think the kids that they've all got, they've all kind of got their own stereotypes. You know, they're very much stereotypical. I, for some reason, Nick, the podcaster, I don't know why, um, um, the, a mini um, Sean Austin. I mean, you can't, I think everyone is pointing that out. I mean, he's, he not only does he look and sound so much like the guy from Goonies and Lord of the Rings, he just, it's quite unremarkable really of how, or remarkable how that is. But I like him. You know, he's he's like, I must, it's kind of weird. I don't like Evan. I don't like the kid. I really, I don't, he's a really hard, I, I don't really feel, I didn't connect with him at all. I connected with the other kids, not him. Yeah. Uh, Evan's the main one. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, it, you know, I don't even remember his name. Uh, at least from the first episode alone, he, he has such huge emotion shifts. I mean, he's a kid. So, yeah. the, you know, that's, that's fairly accurate. But I'm just like, do you love the sport? Do you hate the sport? Do you want to play? Do you not want to play? Just make up your mind. <laughs> I think I think it's well, I think it was the, the stature of being, you know, and when he lost all his friends, you know, that was the thing that hit him harder because he didn't have any, you know, he lost everything with that. Um, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, I think it, I think it, is it in episode one where he stands up and gets more people into the in the lunchtime. Yeah, he does. He does the whole speech in the the lunchroom, and that's where they they get the initial group of uh, yeah. of players. I, I have to admit, I kind of fast forward through through parts of that because it's like, oh, oh it, it was it was so corny. Yeah, and you know, and when you see them all on the ice the first time and they can't even stand up, you know, there's a kind of thing of going, I'm I'm sorry, but this I was like going, this is um in some way this feels completely completely irresponsible to put these kids into a hockey game. Now, I years ago when I was out in Toronto or out in um, Canada, we ended up going to a local school team's hockey event. I don't know why. My coach guide said, "Do you want tickets? They're like five dollars a piece." Um, never seen ice hockey like live. I was like, "Okay, let's go do that." You know, tromped down in minus twenty down to the local place and watched. And you know, they're all smashing into each other and having, you know, never seen it live before. And going, this, this is pretty brutal. It's only kids playing, is it? And obviously, you play hockey anyway as a hobby um it just felt to me mass- it's like putting me on the ice and i'm going right now you're competing in a game on friday i'd be like i can't even t- t- put two steps in front of each other it would be irresponsible to do that and i there was that thing like, that's why again i didn't like the mum it was like why are you you are this is not safe you're- so 
So this actually leads into one of my main complaints about the movie too, or the show is that one of the points of the movie was, you know, you, you, the team you were on was region based, right? You yeah. know, that, that was a whole plot thing in the, in the movie that seems to be gone now. Cause they're just like, all right, just form your own team and grab, grab whoever you can. Because of that, since they, since you can apparently go on to various different teams or you're not region locked, a lot of these sports, even at the kids level will have, different levels of play mm. and you'll have the top level of play which would be where the ducks would be at and, and it would be full contact brutal yeah. basically young adults beating the snot out of each other there should also be another league for people who are like yeah i don't really want to get a concussion at 10 yeah. uh, you know I, I just want to have fun playing and and that's where these kids should be now that that becomes much more pronounced at adult level hockey. Yeah, you know, I play with guys who are like sixteen. Are like, I do not want to touch anybody. There, there is no checking in this at yeah. all. But in places where the sport's popular, and it's definitely popular in Minnesota, uh, they would have the option to be like, no, we're we're going to play in a no checking league. Mm. It's just like I said. It's just that kind of thing of as someone that's not in this thing. It, there was a few moments where I'm going, this doesn't seem very it's very much driven like we've got the story and we've got to get there and we've got to get to it and we're going to speed for it as fast as we can and they go this just the common sense just went out the window of um and so it's interesting to see where this series goes um as a couple of episodes go into it it does get a little bit better and they obviously get a little bit better um, i really like um emilio estevez is this i can't get over how much he does look like his dad in this. oh my yeah i was gonna make that point too <laughs> i mean uh, the scene is in the trailer, but you know when he gets down off the Zamboni at the beginning, I was like, "Is that Martin Sheen? What the heck?" And it, yeah. he sounds so much like his dad; it's crazy. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I mean, we've been watching him in um, oh, something with Jane Foster in on Netflix. My wife's mm. been watching that, um, and you know this kind of thing of seeing him in that, and then it's like you know he does look like it, and I liked the fact that he doesn't instantly, and it takes him a while. And it really does take a while before he starts coming around. He just wants their money and it, it kind of breaks it, but they don't rush through him joining them, which is good, which I think is a massive, they could have, they needed to stretch that out, which they have done. And I think that was for the best. I think it would have been a mistake just to have him join in the first episode. Yeah. And I actually, uh, inverse of that, I appreciated that they did not um, spend a whole lot of time on the, no, you can't use the ice. You can't use the ice. You can't. And th- that becomes like a huge, it's like, no, we've got money. Oh, you have money. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm glad they didn't stick with that, but it also makes sense that he would not immediately be like, all right, I'm going to take on another ragtag group and, and watch yeah. them turn into mighty ducks 2.0 and, and have them ripped away from me by parents who want to play at, at too high a level. Uh, I, I did feel in the first episode they kind of overplayed how much he how bitter he was, but uh, you know they also said, needed they yeah. needed to make the point. They needed to be like, no, he is not immediately jumping into this. And it does take. I will be honest. It, it's you know even at the end of the third episode, he's not fully in yet. You know this is they really are stretched, and I like you know they're playing up on it a lot. They're using that as one of the story motivations and stretch. And it's that kind of feeling going right. Okay, so this is essentially a a ten episode one. And say half an hour a session because the second and third episodes are a little bit shorter than the first one. You're still looking probably about four to five hours, which is essentially like two of the movies. So it needs a little bit more 
story to kind of stretch it out a little bit. Um, and in some ways that works a lot better. I think it, it allows you not to do the whole montage, the whole kind of, you know, the sport movie, you know, I, mean, I always just think of South Park with that one, but um, or Team America where, you know, you don't have to have everything go through really fast because they're training, do it, do it a bit slower. You know, they can take their time over it. Um, and I like, and obviously they're building up the kids and all the rest of it. Um, and so it'll be a few more weeks before I get to watch a new episode, but um, it's definitely, I do think um, it's going to be hard in some ways to try. I'm looking at like all three episodes and I can't really distinguish in my mind where they ended and where they started because it's all just, just they roll into each other. Which is honestly how it should be yeah. with a show like this. You, you shouldn't be able to go, oh, episode one ended at this specific. I mean, you can do it with that one because that's the end of uh, they get introduced as a team and they're in the league. Uh, mm. So that makes sense. But after that point, it really should just be, nope, we're, we're building towards the season finale where they get they're uh, just completely destroyed by the Ducks in the in the championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's that kind of thing of like with 10 episodes, there's a long, you know, where I've only seen essentially a third of it. So it could go absolutely anywhere. And they're kind of looking and they go, they really have to go a lot, do quite a bit. Um, a lot of it as well, like, you know, with the pushy parents, with the parents at work and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it, it, I just loved it. the whole idea of, the, of her, you know, like going to a boss and kind of go, yeah, can I get these afternoons off from this point? It's like, you wouldn't be able to do that, especially if you've just dumped, all, dumped on them. Why would they let you do it? <laughs> it was a bit like, there's some things here as I go, you know, and she's very open about the fact, oh, well, every time I was at the thing, I just kind of, I didn't really, I wasn't really, I was working or asleep. But, so how is she going to put this team together? She never put the yeah. effort into now. Yeah. And, and not only did she have her whole tirade where she, you know, uh, pointed out all the things that she thinks are wrong with them. They didn't like her to begin with. Yeah. You know, they, they, there was already that feeling of, well, she, her kid's not that important on the kid any, on the team anyway, so yeah. we'll dump the work on her so I can go off and watch the Mighty yeah. Ducks instead. And, and then the whole cheese puff thing, which was a little weird, but I get it. Yeah, I, I, I think the trouble is it's very much in that sort of soccer mum kind of territory of like, you know, all and trying to out, outdo each other and stuff. Soccer moms are vicious. I mean, absolutely vicious. I, part of me wanted to be like, Oh, they're 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 hamming it up, and on the other part, it's like, no, I actually know people like this. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a very it's kind of I I be honest. I what like I said, I did enjoy them. I did enjoy the show. I'm going to be interested to see where it goes. It's a lot better than I was expecting. Um, it's kind of funny as well because like um, I thought my mom. I think I said something to my mom about it. And she's like, oh, Mighty Ducks. I like that movie. And I'm going, did we watch that as a kid? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't even remember it because. <laughs> 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 had no impact on me as a kid. <laughs> what you didn't immediately go out and buy hockey skates, nine hundred dollar hockey skates, and, well, the and then thing is, is I do remember with my brother being he was full into skateboarding and mm-hmm. uh, also rollerblades, and we would go from shop to shop, and he would be taken to the um, you know the, all the skating park. So he, I couldn't even go in a straight line. So um, I think it might be more my brother that was. <laughs> Actually, that, that reminded me. I did want to point out one other thing, which I, I think is a bit more hilarious if you've actually encountered it in real life. It doesn't have to be hockey, but yeah. they meet that kid from Toronto. And he's like, oh, my God, he's got like yeah. $900 skates and his equipment's top of the line. He's got going to be amazing. And he gets on the ice and he literally just immediately <laughs> falls over. I'm just like, I have played with that person. I, um, 
when I was in Virginia, I actually played with someone who was very wealthy. Like they, yeah. they, they were on a, uh, they're the CEO of a company that most people would have heard of. And it's like, and he kitted himself out. He kitted his entire team out. Uh, and, and like with the best equipment, he himself wasn't that great, but he had a great personality. He, he was yeah. so much fun to play with, but it, I was just like, yeah, I, you know, you can spend a lot, but you still got to do the fundamentals. Well, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Of like anything you can go buy any piece of equipment and if you haven't got the, the you know you haven't got to worry about the money you will just go naturally and just pick the, the top of the range and yeah, why you know, not you know you go online you know best skates i love them you know and that's kind of you know it's that kind of thing of how you do it you know and but yeah i, I overall i did enjoy it i mean i did find the whole thing with the gamer the gamer kid um there's a, that a bit much yeah it was a bit like really it's like well, um you know because at the, you know that kind of thing. I'm sliding between him and Nick at the minute of like my level. And actually, if you put me on the ice, I'm probably a bit more like the guy with the the hair. You know, the combination of all of them. I can look at them all and go, "Yeah, that would be me." <laughs> like, I can't skate. I can't play games. <laughs> so the one, the the one with the gamer. Uh, yeah. The thing that got me was like they they fell back on the cliche of like there's this amazing gamer. He dominates us in the game. And oh yeah, he lives right up the street. Even though we're playing yeah. on a worldwide network, and it's like yeah. Seriously, I, I get that it, it's a trope, and you know they needed to have somebody who they they could bring in who'd be the unlikely goalie. But there, it's like there is a thing that comes up, and it is it's kind of funny where okay. um they he's, he is in goalie, and all he's actually doing is pressing the buttons with his thumb. Oh, because yes. <laughs> he's like he's like he just stands there because he's like he can see what's happening, but he's not doesn't react like physically. <laughs> okay, well, so I'm. I am looking forward to their first game. Yeah. Uh, it'll be entertaining, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, that, yeah, there's another game in, I think, episode three. Um, but yeah, again, I really enjoyed this series. It's, it's definitely, you know, like if in, a, in a tiered system, I mean, it's definitely like below like the Marvel and the stuff. But, you know, I, I, it's a good one. It's, it's, you know, it'll be a lot much higher in my top 10 um, originals now. Um, which is good. Well, I, think it'll be in the, I think it will be in the top 10. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. I'm looking forward to the cameos that we uh, that they they dropped knowledge yeah, about. Foggy. Uh, foggy at the very least, but they've also got several others. Um, one final point: I also appreciated that uh, Estevez was eating cake through most of the episode. That was such a big thing in the first movie with the, the kid being like cake eater, cake eater. It's such an it's an insult in Minnesota, and I just loved he was eating cake the entire time. Why is it? Why? I, I it's a you know. Um, the the people in the upper part part of town would be the cake eaters and then the people right. uh you know it's a class thing but it was right. it wasn't you know it was the way that these kids in the first movie were like oh we don't need that that preppy uh player you know who's who's played his entire life and has the best equipment cake eater cake eater and it's just yeah okay. and not even and amelia's not even eating good cake he's eating leftover cake from a kid's <laughs> birthday party yeah i think it's also i think it helps to me it was more about like money that was the thing. If yeah. He's got that. He's that short of money. He's literally stealing kids' leftovers. Oh, it, was, it works on and every week. And every week, there's leftover cake. <laughs> it it was. It works on multiple levels. Yeah. Right. So let's now move over onto the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two. Um, we'll be honest. We're going to be going in full spoilers, but I'm really feeling with this series so far that it kind of feels a little bit like. You know, there's there's it's like spoilers is such a hard thing to say for this episode because. I don't really get. I don't. You don't get to the end of it and go, "Oh, this is spoiling." Or this is spoiling. Like, well, you probably could have told all of that from the trailer. 
it, I, or it, there wasn't really anything in here that I would necessarily count, but we will be doing a full open discussion about it. But what did you think of episode two? Um, actually, I'm going to throw this back at you, but I have a specific mm. question in mind. As someone who has not uh, read most of the comics, what is your impression of John Walker? Well, this is the thing from, because um, I haven't got around to it yet, but I have nearly started reading those comics. Um, but he is a, he's a jack. He's a, he's a complete... He, I did like the origin story that they gave him about setting him up as a... Um, he's a hero. He is a well-established, but he's a bit of... He's over the top. He's very... You know, I mean, he's a bit of a jackass. He's just... He knows he's good and he knows he's doing it. And, you know, he's playing the part, but a little bit more... Um, there's no humbleness. He's not humble. He's not like whereas Steve Rogers had that aspect of it. He doesn't have that thing. He knows what he's doing. He's playing the part. And you could see that frustration in him when he when he wanted to get in and like compete, you know, and do it properly and get on with it. And you know, the frustration that he lost that fight. There's a little bit at the end where he's a bit of um, you know, jackass to um Bucky and also Sam. But also you can look at it the other way. They were a bit they're they aren't very nice to him either. So, um, as someone, I mean, I'm not, I haven't read the comics, but I have just, I have been looking this week um, at what ones to read. I've been reading a few, um, a load of other comics, mainly um, some of the Falcon ones. And because now it's like, I just recently, I just got into the, the, the Marvel Unlimited because I felt like having not read comics for a few years. I mean, I always drifted in that a bit, but it's a bit like there was so much stuff in one division. I felt like I was missing out on by not being, having a little bit of back history. But I know that, because um, we were having this discussion in our Facebook group of, US, you know, he's, he is ultimately, US agent is a hero. Yeah, he has the odd moment where I think he does become the villain or he's a bit of an anti-hero, but he's generally always a hero, but just a bit of a jackass. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are like, I think a lot of people are expecting to do a full heel turn and be the full bad guy. And I'm a bit like, oh, they might not fully do this. And I know I, so you know him a lot more from the comic. But what, what, what I mean, think? he might be a temporary villain. Like he just, yeah. he, he snaps and he, he loses it and the pressure gets to him, something like yeah. that. But I could certainly see an angle. That, I think that's I, when he's going to take the, the super soldier serum to get right. some heels. And, and he will have uh, some side effects from that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he is normally a hero. He's just the hero that you don't really like that much because he, yeah. he, it's my way or the highway. Uh, there's none of that compromise. It, honestly, he's probably a much better representation of America than Captain America is. But yeah, he, he's more of the, the hero. You're like, all right, I'll accept your help, but just don't talk. Just, yeah. you, just do your job and, 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 and stay out of the way. See, I think this is. I do think that this is where the comic book readers are aren't looking at you, him, and going, you know. Whereas I think a lot of people are looking at him, going, you know, like people are, oh, he's going to turn bad, and because of the way he acts, like you know, you you're all you you're instantly putting the cliche of what everyone's expecting him to become, you know, a villain at some point. And I mean, he might do that, but I'm more, I am aware that he does he does turn into U.S. agent. And right. at some point, we know. Well, we know from some of the toy leaks, Falcon is going. You know, I've been reading um, all new America, all new Captain America this past week, where Falcon he is Captain America, and he's learning to. So I am aware that you know how he's going to look and what he's going to do and where they're going with this. Um, so I do think like 
there's where they're going to do, how they're going to get there. The main thing is, it, to me is John Walker is going to have to come up and then come back down again to look, to pass the mantle to Falcon. There's he has to have an up and a down, but he doesn't necessarily going to be a full. I mean, a lot of people are um, that maybe aren't aware of who U.S. Agent is are expecting just a, a quite a simple like he's going to become a bad guy and that's the end of it. I I think there is going to be a fight. I think there will be a oh, fight yeah. between him and Bucky and Falcon. Um, and it might be over ownership of the shield or it might just yeah. be um, they're on a mission and he's got his objectives and they've got their objectives and they don't uh, yeah. and they're not compatible. But it's not going to be, a, as you say, a full heel turn. It's going to be a our interests do not align at this moment and whoever wins gets to follow their interests. But then after that, um, we'll go back to, to being if not allies, at least recognizing we're on the same team kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think as a, as I said, I, I, I can see it already in our Facebook group. It's like, you got like the Marvel, like diehards that know what's going on are looking at it this way. And then you've got everybody like that isn't aware of him and just is used to the MCU kind of going down this line and they might not necessarily see this way, this, this, the way that they're going. And it, generally, and the it, MCU, generally the MCU tends to keep things quite simple, but I'm, I was watching and going, he's, I think they did a better job of portraying him as a hero, you know, Battlestar. You know, he's, he's a psychic, you know, he's a works for the U S government. And there's, you know, we, you know, we don't, you know, I'm guessing at some point he's going to get some super, he's going to take a serum, serum serum as well at some point. Probably uh, the comic book version of Battlestar is actually pretty obscure. He's only appeared in a handful of things to begin with, but he, he does have probably Bucky level super yeah. enhancement. So he's not as strong as Captain America, but he is stronger than your average person. I mean, they they might end up throwing him to the wolves at some point just to kind of move the story along. But um, so I I'm but then the way I'm maybe after, I am looking for that information and reading profiles and trying to okay who you know I didn't know who Battlestar was until Friday. It was like I, okay I then went in and going like who is he? I need to know this kind of for my own um, and do a little bit more research into who he is because I'd never heard of him before. I think even among comic readers, he's a bit of a deep cut. Um, I was familiar with the name, but I've, I don't think I've ever actually read a comic with him in it. And I, I actually had to go and look him up and be like, is this who I think it is? Oh, it's actually not who I think it is, but I, I have, I'm vaguely aware of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really, I just, what I'm liking, I think what I like about this whole thing with bringing him in is it actually feels like a natural way of pushing this whole thing of Falcon becoming captain. Because in the comic books, didn't that happen? It, it did kind of go in that order where John uh, John Walker got it first, and then Steve Rogers came back, and then Falcon got it. And you know, there was it wasn't a. I mean, they're obviously doing it a little bit different to how how the comic book did it because they do that all the time anyway. But I actually think it's much better that they're not. He's not just past the shield and then becomes Falcon. I think they, he needs his own origin story. Yeah, and I think it makes sense that you know you look at the legacy of Captain America and go. Yeah, I I can't live up to this. I I may be an Avenger. I may have done all sorts of amazing things. I fought Thanos, but like, man, that's Captain America. It's right. And then this is where this series is going somewhere, which I wasn't wasn't necessarily thinking. I think me, me being again knowledgeable enough for comic books that I knew that Falcon is going to become the Captain America. Um, but there is the world already for Falcon as the Captain America. So therefore, this is about setting the tone about him he is 
the right person to be it. Because, I mean, the whole racial undertones of him when he's with, um, is it Elijah? Um, Isaiah. Isaiah. Um, and then obviously they've got the, his grandson, which is going to become the Patriot and the Young Event. You know, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're trying to pull them in. I'm glad they had Isaiah in there. Yeah. So it's... And again, I, I, as a Marvel fan, I knew who he was the second they did it. I, go, I know who that is. I know it's the Patriot. I've had I've had action figures and stuff of him, so I know who he is. And you know, there again, my my you know, it comes in through comics, video games, you know, action, you know, because um, he's in Marvel and Unri- Marvel Rising, the cartoon as well. Patriots yeah. in that, so I am, you know, this is where they, that kind of feeds into one another, and it helps kind of set this all up. And they're obviously leading, and it could be years away before he does anything, but um. You know, that whole story was great. I really enjoyed them kind of going down this line. But what got me was the bit when they were right outside afterwards and the cops surrounded them and instantly thought, you know, Sam was doing up to no good, doing something to Bucky. Um, That whole kind of, I mean, they really, I mean, we, you know, it said about it with the bank stuff, but this time it really was like, no, no, we are going, they are fully going in on the, I mean, they ended up putting a warning on the actual episode that they that this is about you know recent things. I really I'm thinking this is great. This is changing the tone of this whole ep- series. I wasn't expecting going into it. In a way, it's kind of like how Winter Soldier changed uh, the expectation in Marvel movies because yeah. prior prior to that they were all basic superhero movies. Uh, mm-hmm. They had their formula and they stuck to it. And then Winter Soldier was like, no, we're going to throw some politics in here too. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it's. It's, you know, the surface level politics. We're not going to deep dive into it, but we're going to reference it. And there might be parts of this that'll make you feel uncomfortable. And now Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like, yeah, no, um, we're going to we're going to hit some topics that, you know, uh, people might not want to discuss. And also people are not expecting. I mean, there was a lot of people saying there was a lot lot of swearing in there. There was a lot more, you know, you know, it's a little bit, it's a much higher tone of what they're doing. And I loved. I mean, I just, I got the it ended. Well, obviously, with Zemo coming up at the end. I mean, we knew he was coming into it because he was in the posters. But it was like, oh, I I forgot I was watching a TV series because some people said, oh, it feels more like a TV series. And I went, no, I was fully just in in the zone. And then it kind of it ended. I went, oh, I forgot I was I I I just kept, could have easily gone on because I was totally in the zone. Um, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm really enjoying this series much more than One Division. Um, it's a bit more. To, I I love the whole wandering aspect and where's it going and what's it doing. I fully got caught. I love One Division, but there's something about this series which I'm just loving more. I'm loving the fact they're getting time to shine. You know, these characters again, time they just never would have done on the screen, on the big screen. Yeah, they're getting a chance uh, to learn who these characters are. And they are taking advantage of it. They are uh, spending time doing things that you would not get to do in a movie. Like as fun as the therapy scene was, uh, probably it would have been a quarter as long in a in a movie, and you would really not have done it. They might not have done it at all. I don't think they would have done the um, the whole therapy situation. But it's like that that whole builds on this whole buddy cop thing that they were doing. Um, I mean, the whole thing of obviously them underneath the truck and then the bouncing and rolling on top of each other and stuff and playing up on this whole idea of them being, you know, that, that like you said, that Turner and Hooch, not the Turner and Hooch, uh, Tango and Cash, um, <laughs> that kind of thing of the buddy cop, you know, the, the, uh, you know, you think of like, you know, Beverly Hills, you know, all those, um, all those kind of 
classic buddy cop movies they're kind of pulling in on them you know they hate each other but they get on with it and then yeah they probably are going to become closer together as a, a team because of it but i mean apparently all of this has happened because essentially they were they did a couple of scenes together in falcon in in like the movies that they weren't expecting them to kind of and they ad-libbed a bit and i mean they, that they, they, yeah I mean, that scene in Civil War where they're in the, the VW bug and he's like, can you move your seat forward? No. It, it's, yeah. it was such it's a all, great scene. It's, it's so small. It's so short. Yeah. But it's like, oh, that's that, that made the entire series happen, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what, I mean, even they've joked about that's what, how the whole series came about because of their relationship from like that one scene. I, I love that scene. It's, it, was per, it was perfect deadpan comedy. Yeah. And I just, I'm just really, I mean, I'm really liking knowing more about Bucky. Um, cause it's that weird thing of like, we've seen them in so many movies, same thing with Falcon, but it feels like I've got to know them so much more in two episodes than we have in all of the movies combined because they've gone from just being one dimensional characters. Yeah. And, and we've brought this up last week and, and also yeah. in our winter soldier retro review that after the winter soldier, they, they really did not have any, uh, backstory. They did not have any updates to their, their personality or character. They, I, Bucky had a little bit, but most of it was just coming out of the fog, remembering who he was rather than being uh, the mindless assassin. And this really gives him a chance to build on that. And I'm hoping that we'll get a couple other characters uh, in the same vein. Mm. I mean, just hearing, just hearing about his history with, you know, where he's like basically had his arm ripped off, you know, and like, you know, they had a history before. And, you know, it was very, I just wasn't expecting that. I mean, I knew he was going to be, I knew, um, uh, the original Captain America was going to be in there because I'd heard reports of him being in there, but it kind of, to me had, it, I wasn't expecting it yet. And I totally forgot it. There's the other highlight of a thing of the, the villains, you know, these, um, what are they? The flag smashers. So you've got the flag smashers, you've got the power broker and you've got so Zemo what, now. Right. So the power broker, I'm because it keeps getting brought up. And I know he's a big part of it because of, where the story's going in terms of the comic books. But I'm like, well, who is he? It wasn't really until like them running away from him in the plane that suddenly rejoined on me that they've got a problem with somebody else. Because um, did they even reference him as the... Uh, yeah, sorry, power. I had, sorry, I had a blip yeah. there. Yeah. Um, someone, I think one of them mentions, like, we have to get out of here, the power broker knows where we're at, yeah. something like that. Um, and that was the text message that the woman yeah. received while they were in the safe house. Uh, yeah. you know, I, you, you took what's mine, that kind yeah. of thing. I'll be very interested to see how they're, they're going to go with the power broker. Uh, it'll, it'll be a fun angle to approach. Cause isn't he guy that ends up giving up, he gets in the, give, in the comic books, gave the US agent his powers and, um, there's a number of different directions yeah. that they can go with this, uh, including yeah, US agent, either receiving his powers or, uh, essentially stealing them possibly yeah. by by stealing some of the uh whatever super serum they used on the these other people because i'm wondering I, if it's like the in um jessica jones where she has the inhaler where she mm -hmm. gets something gets like a superpower you know there's that whole because i know that's the whole thing with patriot isn't it where he ends up having problems with that situation right uh in the comics patriot will take the the serum so that he gets the captain america powers and can follow in isaiah's footsteps but uh, he gets a lot of side effects. Eventually, they give him a proper serum. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I, 
like I said, there's a lot of different directions they can go with the power broker because he's not as very well known a character. Yeah. And in fact, they could go with a version of the character who's nothing like the comics if they wanted to. They could, they could really pull a. Oh nope, it was blank all along. Uh, you know, and as long as it's not Agatha. So yeah, and I mean, just seeing how the Suicide Squad has brought in a massive, great big starfish that can do tele. Um, <laughs> like um, telekinesis and take over people i mean it's going to be nowhere near that level of, of bizarreness i would hope not no um but i you know i'm liking where they're going with it i also like the fact that they've, they've established the flag um bashers flag flag sta- uh smashers. Flag smashers. smashers um you know they're not completely bad you know, they've got a little bit of, you know, their, their idea of the fact of we've all been forgotten since everyone's come back. You know, what about us that were left behind? You know, we've all had to do, you know, and, you know, we didn't have to worry about it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you all had it maybe, you know, for some, there's always that thing of every time, some, every time it rains, an umbrella company makes money. There's always somebody that makes money or gets a, light, a better life when something happens. You know, we've seen it with COVID. Some businesses take more and some people enjoy it more. You know, there is that thing of... So I like the aspect that they're not fully, you know, they are the villains, but they're not completely villains. Yeah, you can see their angle on it. And even even ignoring things like COVID, there are always going to be people who say, oh, well, all the attention, all the good stuff is being given to these people over here. Where's my slice of the cake? Yeah. Where's Where are my benefits? And whether rightly or wrongly, there will always be that impression. And these are the people who are sitting there going, well, my life's important too. Why are we worried about these people? Yeah. I just, I just, I, again, it was a very great episode. I, I really enjoyed it very much kind of looking at this and going, this is, this is good. This is exactly what we want. This is what we should be. Um, you know, it's where it's that kind of feeling of, in some ways, I still feel like we, should, if we'd had that extra few weeks between one division, I think so many people are kind of comparing, I mean, especially with one division, those last few weeks, whether, you know, the, who did it, what is going on? What, we haven't really got that at the same level, but I mean, we can, but I feel like I'm only being able to be able to do that again because of comic books. And I think that's what the WandaVision fans are going off on tangents, bringing in ideas. And I don't feel like the way, same way with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's quite, a little bit more simplified. Yeah. And I mean, the entire idea of WandaVision is you're supposed to be what's going on. Uh, yeah. Can you trust what you see? Someone's manipulating things, et cetera, et cetera. So you can go off and do your wild theory. It's Mephisto. It's Nightmare. It's mm. whomever. This one, it's much more like, oh, yeah, who's the power broker? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess that's the power broker. Well, it's uh, like the same thing, like, like I said, with US Agent of like, where is he going? How are they doing this? Where is it going to go? And US Agent has been a you know, superhero that's been around for decades. You know, and they're obviously setting up, you know, Patriot because, you know, we're moving on to a day era where Chris Evans is not Captain America. So they're going to have US agent running around Patriot and Sam as the new Captain America. And, if, you know, we, we're going to have this for, for, for years. And I think it feels like this is just a perfect way of like telling his story and getting people ready for it. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they do reference it in the movies going forward. Hopefully the, it won't just be, oh, Sam's got the shield because Captain America gave him the shield at the end of uh, yeah. Endgame. That that they'll actually be like, no, we 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 had an adventure with Bucky and and whoever else shows up. Uh, obviously, you don't have to go into details. You don't have to sit there and have Sam being like, so this were the adventures I had, and then we yeah. pass the the torch over to to Wanda. She's like, well, those were your adventures. Let me tell you about my adventures. But 
you know, subtle nods to it as mm. the movies go forward would be nice. Well, I think as well, it's like, you know, Falcon can just turn up as Captain America whenever he's needed and do cameo. But you can definitely feel that the, the young Avengers are starting to creep in already. You know, we've had um, Wiccan. Was it Wiccan? Yeah, Wiccan, Wiccan and Speed in yeah. in WandaVision. Speed, that's such a great yeah. name. Um, yeah. And Patriot here. Yeah, and then we're going to have Miss Marvel, and then we're going to have Hawkeye or Kate Bishop, you know, and who else have we got? Have we got um, yeah, so those are the main ones kind of coming into right. it. And- so the, the one they're missing is um, Hulkling and yeah. Iron Lad. Uh, yeah. So you, you can well, tell might, where, you can tell so where they could do, from. They might go with um, Ironheart instead. They might adjust that one. Right. And and Miss Marvel's not actually an original Young Avengers yeah. member, but I could totally see them bringing her in um, as as maybe like the leader or the sub-leader of the group. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, that's all starting to build up, which is nice. I mean, that could be years, years away from when we see all this. It's just nice seeing everything interconnected. What we've never had with these TV series before where, you know, I think that is the big difference of them being the characters that we've seen in the movies. You know, it's... I think it does have that different, you have so much more of a connection to them um, when this happens. And, you know, Zemo turns up and you're, this is a sequel to um, the Civil War. You know, yeah, no, this, this is absolutely straight up. We are, we are continuing the story that we started with Winter Soldier and continued into Civil War. And uh, sure, things have happened in between, but we're picking right up. Yeah, like I said, a fantastic episode. Loving it. Um, definitely a highlight every Friday morning right now of when this one goes up. Um, but let us know in the comments below what you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two. Love to hear your thoughts and your theories. You know, are we right or are we on the wrong path? Let us know. Um, as per usual, guys, go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Again, a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and YouTube channel members. And we shall see you guys in another episode. Laters. Later. Later.